there, campers. Day 20 of Camp One Clap is here on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. And today we're back to help interpreters survive in the rough and tumble speech and debate wilderness this season. I'm your camp director, Lyle Wiley, and camp counselor Izzy Garcia has returned to provide a steady guiding hand through the brutal terrain of interpretive competition with episode three of the Interp Survival Guide, entitled Practice Habits Survival Style. Don't forget to check the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. Also, the ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin continues to drop bop after alphabetical bop for debaters to learn from and enjoy. So make sure you check it out. Okay, friends, the wild and perilous world of Interp is before you, but assistance is available right now. It's time for episode three of the Interp Survival Guide with Counselor Izzy Garcia. Rico Richardson, back again to teach you how to awaken your fifth eye and become a true speech and debate god. (coughs) Yep, we are still doing this joke. Hello, my name is Camp Counselor Izzy. Yes, that's right. I legally changed my name for this series of episodes. Welcome to the Interp Survival Guide, the only speech and debate guide that will teach you how to earn several lifetime supplies of ice cream. We've talked about the preseason and surviving the tournament. Now I want to take a step back and talk about where most of your time is going to be spent when it comes to this activity. Practice. Whether you're practicing in the comforts of your bedroom or up in front of your peers, how you practice matters. Every little thing you do in practice is going to end up in how you perform at a tournament. So it's best for us to go through some of the best practices. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Survival Guide Style First, let's talk about small-sized progress. Yes, this is something I just invented, no need to thank me. In all honesty, practice can look either really big or really small. I just want to go through some of the tips on how you can make small-sized progress if you're not able to go all out when it comes time to go through your events. Number one, it's all in your head. I find that the best way to get comfortable with your piece is to run through lines in your head over and over until you can do it in your sleep. I mean it. I know, it may sound tedious, but running through your speech in the weirdest of places allows you to recall the piece better and gets you better acquainted with the material. A lot of the time, I would run my piece while I was doing homework or doing chores. What it did was it changed the environment that I was running my piece in. If I'm able to do it while washing the dishes and heavily distracted by music, then I'm able to recall upon the material when I need it the most, while in round in front of my peers. This is the most accessible form of small progress. Each and every one of us is able to take at least some time out of our day and run through our piece. Even if you do it at least once a day, each week, that accumulates to over an hour of time running through your piece. That adds up over time and gets you in the habit of being a natural whenever you come to presenting your piece. Tip number two, hit the blocks. Almost like running through your piece in your head, it is always best to run through your blocking whenever you can as well. If you can manage getting used to picking up and putting down chunks of air with grace, then you're able to do it flawlessly and round. Honestly, the thought of having to mimic your blocking while not doing your full performance can seem a little off-putting. What this bit of small progress does is allow your body to develop a form of muscle memory. 
Muscle memory is different than autopilot, which is something we'll be touching on later. Muscle memory is the physical hack to be able to do your performance even if your brain doesn't seem fully adhered to the material. A lot of the times I see competitors do their blocking first and then their script, which isn't ideal, but it is a first step to getting some form of memorization down. Soon enough, after the material is adhered, you're able to separate yourself from the blocking and recall the piece as much as possible. Muscle memory sometimes allows for memorization to happen. Again, it is this little act that takes no time out of your day, but instantly puts you ahead of everyone else who doesn't take this time to go through their blocking. So, whether your blocking is putting on a backpack, doing the splits, or dancing your little heart out, I want you to do it wherever and whenever you can. Number three, development. One of the biggest hurdles that I see a lot of competitors having to go through is character development. A lot of the time, these competitors can easily develop their characters as long as they think about them and ask the right questions during their free time. I'm not asking for a lot of commitment here. What I'm asking for is small progress. Ask yourself, what does my character sound like? How would your character react to the events that are happening in your performance? How does my character physically look? We will get into fully visualizing your performance later, but asking these small questions will take some of that edge when it comes to building your characters. Then soon enough, you will be on a one-ticket train to learning how to talk to yourself. Trust me, it's a little scary at first, but actually talking to yourself isn't that bad, let me tell ya. Me and the other Izzy are able to hold a conversation for three hours straight. It's a great time. Remember, each bit of small progress is one step closer to becoming a better performer. If you are at all stuck in where to start your practicing, start here. These steps will be able to help you find a rhythm when it comes to practice. But. What should a full-out practice look like? Each and everyone has a different practicing style that best suits their events and performance styles. However, I believe that each and every person should at least do these three things during their practices. I'm not claiming to be an expert at practice at all. In fact, I have a hard time getting some of my competitors to have an effective practice. But after much reflections and a whole lot of potato chips, I finally managed to at least come up with some tips to help each and every one of you to become a better competitor through practice. Here comes the full practice habits. Number one, visualization. As I touched on in small progress, visualization is the process of actually visualizing your space around you. Instead of just speaking words at you, I'm going to give you an example of what it should look like. It's actually getting up out of your chair, putting your mind in a relaxed space, and finally looking around you. Where is your character standing? Can you picture it? If you can, write it down. What is your character looking at? Write it down. What is on the walls? What is around them? I know. It's weird to just be throwing all these questions at you, but honestly, this is what creating a character space looks like. You're trying to convince a bunch of high schoolers and a judge who are all very tired and very hungry that you know what you're talking about, or trying to convince them that this 
story you're telling is a great story. Emily Cook, freestyle skier and three-time Olympian, talks about visualization a bit more closely. When she's at practice, she has a tape recorder. She says into it, I'm standing up on a hill. I can hear the crowd. I can feel the wind on my neck. She states that putting her mind on the slope is half the battle. The other half is actually doing it. I know we're not skiing. I know that we're in suits acting out scripts. But getting your head in that space and being able to see it for all its glory is the first step from taking you from a good performer to a great performer. In my piece, The Last Move, during my final year of college, I was able to create a space for my character that was surrounded by video games. Not only did that tell me a lot about my character, but it was able to help me feel way more relaxed in my character space. It felt like I understood him better. This stuff does matter. Take the time to set up yourself for success. Number two. Get physical. Unlike slightly mimicking your blocking when it came to small progress, what I want you to do is physically act out your blocking. Oh, you're putting on a backpack? Grab your backpack and actually put it on. You're dragging a table across the room? Actually do it. You're conquering the world? Do it. Just do it. Just kidding. But in all seriousness, if we're develop blocking and you can tie it to actual events in the real world, try your best to mimic those conditions with what you have around you. Forensics Community, a speech and debate resource website, tells us that blocking itself should be able to tell a story without you having to say a word. I know that's a little daunting, but really, it gives you a sort of goal that you should be striving for. Tell us a story without words. We're already so impressed with how you act and how you perform. Give us something a little bit nonverbal. To circle back on my experience, during my first piece, XOXO by Craig Shaver, there was one scene where I had to pick up a baby. For the life of me, I couldn't get it down. It wasn't until I mimicked the conditions with a book and some chairs, I was able to finally get the weight of the scene correct. I can get the gentleness of the touch and the awe of seeing a character's child for the first time. Those physical triggers will help you perform. It will set you apart. You'll gain a genuine feel for what you're doing, and it will make you appreciate all that you do in the long run. Do it. Get physical. Number three, full repetition. This one's going to be a little bit more rambly. This is my personal opinion about practice in general, and while I feel very passionate about this tip, there is something I want to say. I want each and every single person that listens to the Survival Guide feel like they are actually learning something, and they feel more empowered at the end of the episode. Practice can suck. I'm going to be honest. You can feel like you're working at something over and over again and never get the full result that you want, and there's something that's getting in your way, and I know that feeling. The best habit that I have developed to get rid of that feeling is to develop the mindset of running through your entire piece every single time. Having the power of going through your performance at 100% is 
the ability to hold the piece in your hand and being able to do whatever you want with it. I know there's instances of burnout and you just can't do it. I know there will be a lot of chaos around you preventing a full performance, but if you go into practice with the mindset that you're going to do a full run-through, you're already changing the habits from practice to perfection. And I know, perfect doesn't exist. Full run-throughs change our perception of the performance. Not something that you have to put on, rather something you always do. I always say that you perform how you practice. If you shift your thought process from just practice to full performance, that mindset will take you to first place. I'm going a little off script here, but the mindset of practice is very intimidating. Having to constantly work at something over and over again for such a long time, too, can lead to so many variables on how your performance is not doing well. But adopting the mindset of really full performance, really developing that character, will allow you to get rid of autopilot. It won't allow you to develop a sense of apathy with your performance. You will gain a genuine love and connection with the performance if you go from, I'm just going to practice my piece, to I'm always going to perform my piece. Thank you for tuning in to The Survival Guide, the only survival guide that is banned on the North Pole. Santa can't handle the truth. (laughs) Have a good one. Goodbye. Many thanks to Camp Counselor Izzy Garcia for providing ideas and tools for surviving in the brutal world of Interp with three episodes already of the Interp Survival Guide. Look for Izzy's last survival episode next Sunday. What's next for Camp One Clap? Well, tomorrow we'll be joined by South Dakota Original Oratory State Champion Brianna Woolman for a Counselor Campfire Chat. Also, Camp Counselor Adrian Graham will drop even more debate video carnage with a new episode of Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate. Don't forget, social media challenges are live for every day of camp this August. I hope you have a great day, campers. But before I let you go, more news. I started a new diet, the Acorn Diet. I know, I know, it sounds nuts. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley signing off.